You're listening to the Static Podcast on Static and Distortion. When? Just shut up. When do we? Okay. Well, we don't have to be quiet for the intro anymore, right? Or are no, you doing it? I, I was hey, just... everybody! It's Smokey's it's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone! This is the Static and Distortion Podcast, <laughs> and that was a just a poor attempt at an introduction that we attempted to do there. Yeah. Um, uh, Let's I do it am... again. Yeah. No, what is rolling? Oh, we're... okay. No, but we could do the song again. Yeah, on oh, three. Or, or, give, on three. Quick, uh, one of you give me a quick uh, little song there. A one, a two, a three. Hey, everybody. It's Smokey's birthday. Yay. Um, we do Watch that, that. because that. we're talking about Motown and uh, Motown Records and everything like that today. And today just so happens to be Smokey Robinson's birthday. So, um, How old is he, Robert? I don't know. Old. <laughs> he is. He is pretty, he's 75 what, today. What and still cooler than it? all of us combined. What sitcom is he on with Jeff Daniels? No, I can't remember. If, with Jeff Daniels, where'd you pull that out? <laughs> it's, it's a sitcom I'm imagining that he's on right now. No, there's, there's a sitcom, I can't remember, where one of the characters is like, I have a hard time telling black people's age. And they're like... You look like you're either 22 or 52, something like that. I just can't remember. It was not a very good sitcom, if I remember correctly. Um, Doesn't sound like it. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, let me go back to what I was saying. But thinks I'm racist. That's pretty good. (laughs) Blackish? It's probably blackish. Let me go back to what I was going to say. And I am one of your hosts, Robert. And I'm joined by... I'm John. I'm Chris. Where are the other guys? Chris Smokey Robinson Records. <laughs> Smokey <laughs> Robinson Records. Um, I think I got it. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a slap shot, just slapdash intro. We're just throwing it up there. Uh, normally we, you know, obviously we talk about an artist or something like that, but we're trying a new format. We're trying to, to, to get this, uh, shit professional. So, uh, before we jump into the meat of our episode, music news. Hey everybody, it's time for the news. <laughs> we're going to need to work on that. No, that's, that's it <laughs> that's... forever. We could probably just like record you doing it once and then we could just like press a button. It's it's better this way. Yeah, I like doing it live because that means yeah. I get to have my ukulele here. Yeah, it's kind of like fucking outside. You know, there's just something about it. It's just it's like a rush. That reminds me, I uh, I just saw Birdman uh, this past weekend. How was it? It was really good. Yeah. And uh, Edward Norton throughout the movie complains that he can't get an erection, but. On stage, he can because he feels like that's the most real and light, like alive he's ever been. And he actually tries to have sex with one of the actresses on stage during the middle of a performance. And he stands up and just raging erection for the entire audience to see. It's actually a pretty funny moment. So that's what I thought about when you said having sex in public. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Says a lot about you. Says a lot about Edward Norton. (laughs) Based on a true story. (laughs) Of. Birdman. Uh, anyway, music news. Anybody uh, have any news? Well, it's Smokey <laughs> Robinson's birthday today. We've already established that. Thanks, Chris. You're welcome. For our Motown reporter, Christopher. <laughs> Christopher. Live from Detroit. <laughs> Hope I don't get shot. Detroit's not that bad. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't think so. It's... it's, I, it's I think it's pretty cool. Will Smith saying getting jiggy with it on Letterman. You're done. Just go sit in the corner. <laughs> in nineteen ninety six? Yeah. <laughs> this isn't this isn't the nineties. 
<laughs> um, there's been has it been like a week already? What happened last week? Grammys. Um, we talked about. We basically just talked about the Grammys and Kanye West. Fine. Here, I will start us off. Um, Blur out of nowhere announced they are putting out a new album after 12 oh. years of not doing anything, um, and it's coming out in like two months. Oh wow! Yeah, April 27th. It's called the Magic Whip, and their Isn't it new crazy single. How fast. Oh, sorry. The new single is already available. So nice. Isn't it crazy how fast you can get an album out these days? I mean, ridiculous. Which is why when Death Cab announced their new album back in November or whatever it was, I don't know what it, what it, they, they were going to do. Oh, it's it's finished, or maybe it's even August. It's the record's finished. It'll be out in the early part of 2015. You're like, why? Why are you waiting? Uh, you know, there's there's plenty of uh, even like DIY artists and stuff. They're just you know but recording I could see... stuff and putting it out. With that, they might be really like. I, I feel like that's a Foo, Foo Fighters type of thing where they they have all the stuff recorded and it's just going through a whole bunch of like mixing, like post mixing and 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 getting the tracks mastered before they really feel comfortable with it. So they could be taking their time before they release it, or maybe putting together some sort of marketing campaign or something. <clears throat> Whereas a band like Blur, I don't think they've ever really cared. So just like. Yeah, we'll just throw this out there. Yeah, I think it's totally up to the artist on that one, how much they care, how much they don't. But also, like, their, you know, their studio, you know, how they want to handle the marketing of it, how much time they think exactly. they market it based on their on their fan base and, and what have you. So Fair. Um, I just got into Blur last year. Um, I saw Damon Auburn live, and I know him more for his Gorilla stuff. So I uh, went back and started listening to Blur, and I really fell in love with them. I really enjoyed their stuff. So um, surprisingly enough, I'm actually really looking forward to this. I, I'm, I'm hoping it's a nice return to Britpop kind of music. So that'd be mm. great. That would be cool. I like it. Yeah. We all love the Britpop. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing we can all agree on. We should do like a massive brick pop episode. Just that would blowing all sorts of English cock over here. Just oh uh, yeah, yeah. Like but so. this time for the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Not just not just Saturday night. Na 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 na. Getting jiggy with it. Nineteen ninety six, y'all. I think no, didn't they come out like 97, 98? It was, was right around when Will Smith was popular. So what, like 92? It was, <laughs> it was my junior year of high school. So so what, like 87? Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Not that super old. old. 97, though, by the way. Mm. 97 for real? For real. Mm. It won the Grammy for Best Rap Solo Performance. That one for Best Rap can you tell Never. me? Can you tell me what else was nominated that year for best rap solo Ooh, performance? That is a good question. While you look that up, uh, I think John has some music news. I yeah, sure. <laughs> we well, discussed this now. in hold the precast. On. Now this is saying that LL Cool J won. Well, get your so facts straight, Chris. I don't it, know, man. Is it the 96 to 97 or 97 to 98? That might be That might be the whole thing right there. Will Smith won in 98. Okay. But for Men in Black. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> he won in 99 for getting jiggy with it. What? 97. That doesn't make any sense. LL Cool J one for Hey Lover. And the year before, 96, I think we should all remember, was Gangsta's Paradise. I remember seeing that movie, uh, Dangerous Minds, when it came out. I think that movie was just called Gangsta's Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> and then Eminem. And then there was the Eminem years after that. Yeah. That reminds me. Uh... He won in 2011. And that's the last year they had the Grammys. So. <laughs> Uh, Gangsta's Paradise always reminds me uh, Amish Paradise um, Weird Al's going on tour and he's like all of his dates are already fucking sold out pisses me off I wanted to go mm, Weird Al John I think you have music news I do have music news um, well, I guess we'll start with uh, the new um, Soup John Stevens track 
uh, No Shade in the Shadow of the Cross. I don't know if either of you guys heard that one yet. I've huh. seen it. I haven't listened to it yet, though. It's pretty good. It's kind of He's kind of gone more electronic in the last few years doing stuff, so this was a little bit more strummy acoustic, kind of reminded me of some of his earlier stuff. So um, I don't know if it's news, but it keeps showing up in my news feeds everywhere as if it's news. So apparently it's news that news. he's got a new song. I guess it's Thanks, news. Thanks, Yeah. Chris, um, anything else? Or? No, that's pretty much it. Busta Rhymes went up against getting jiggy with it. Lost. What did he go up with? Uh, hypnotize? Dangerous. Oh. Hmm. Busta Bus got really fat for a while. <laughs> he did. It was really weird. He got He got like super swole, and then he got super fat. And old, and then I don't know what happened to him. Like he's still pretty big. Is he really in Japan? No. Can I mute you? Is there a <laughs> mute option in Audacity? I would mute you. You'd have to do it in Skype. Can I mute you there? He collaborated with Pharrell. Who did? <laughs> Busta Rhymes, man. Everybody. Busta Rhymes collaborated with Pharrell on Twerk It. When was that? To, like, June of 2013. And then there was a Nicki Minaj remix. It was the official remix. And then he left the record label. <laughs> It's, it's just odd that Chris is the one giving me my Busta Rhymes news, <laughs> <laughs> as well as the you know best hip hop artist Grammy awards. Yeah, this is a like bizarro, the... bizarro podcast day. <laughs> uh, if we have nothing else, we can kind of jump into, uh, I guess, the meat and potatoes here. If you would like, sure. Okay. Um, this was my pick this week, and I warned both Chris and John. I went a little, I don't know if I went abstract. It's not a very abstract idea in my mind. It was just more of uh, broad thinking. Um, but I recently started doing some research or, you know, I heard the term Motown sound, and I kind of wanted to find out more about that and what that entailed. Um, and uh, it kind of went down a little rabbit hole from there, from Motown Records and the Motown Sound and Hitsville, USA, uh, with Barry Gordy and the list of all the artists uh, on Motown Records during that era. And it kind of led me to the Funk Brothers, <coughs> excuse me, which were the studio musicians for Motown Records um, in their Detroit days between 1959 and 1972. Um, and Barry Gordy coined this term called the Motown Sound, um, which was, uh, and this is what kind of drew me into it, a precursor to um, 70s pop, which would then turn into 80s pop, which then turned to 90s pop. So kind of going back, this was one of the first formulas you know recorded formulas there could have been stuff before that with you know the 20s and 30s and 40s or whatever it may be but i guess this is the first time that it became such a huge thing and such a well-known thing that there's actual documentaries and books written about the motown sound um with the well, they were inducted into like hall of fames and stuff too after yeah after the fact so and and just kind of to, to focus on the the sound itself, like the actual formula, you know, it took a call and response kind of thing from gospel music, and it took this tambourine backbeat, and it took this uh, R and B soul infused with straightforward, just kind of like four four tempo time uh, or four four uh, meter time, and then you know just f- change the tempo according to what type of feeling you want, and then just. The plug and play musicians and not even musicians, just art artists on top of that with lyrics. And it would just became hit after hit after hit after hit. Um, uh, at one point, the dust, uh, not the, the funk brothers, um, 
they apparently the 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 saying goes they've played on more number one hits than the Beatles, Elvis Presley, the Rolling Stones, and the Beach Boys combined. So uh, this formula just kind of uh, made sense. You know, it, it it clicked on so many levels that they were able to just mass produce it and you know keep the studio open twenty two hours a day and just have these rotating musicians come in, bust out song after song after song, A sides, B sides, just plug artists over them and then crank out so many number one hits that it just it, it became hitsville usa that's the, that's the actual name for the recording studios so um i brought this up to john and chris and just kind of see uh if they were aware of it i sent them a list of all the artists during that period or you know m- more of the well-known artists during that period that they may or may not have known were part of this whole um, Motown sound and then see if they had any thoughts on it and how it kind of led from there into 70s like disco music and funk music and then 80s pop music and so on and so forth down the line so that was okay, a lot you of pretty much covered it yeah you guys just let me talk I'm just gonna <laughs> like last week I didn't have anything to say about Wilco so I just shut up and talked about sneezing or not I don't sneezing. know. I think we're like 15 minutes into the podcast, and you're already getting angry and apologetic at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's my thing. That's what I do. It's like an I'm like an abusive husband. You know, that was you really know, poor taste. It was, was especially considering your history of spousal abuse. <laughs> I have zero history of spousal abuse. For everyone listening, I have zero history. <laughs> Of spousal abuse. I love my yeah. wife, Randy. I will go wake her up and ask her, you know, I'll, well, I'll that'd tie be her of, up. You're going to ask her politely <laughs> to verify. And if she gives me a wrong answer, <laughs> we'll just ask her again a little more sternly this time. <laughs> but anyway. With all the artists I sent you on this list, did you hear the the cohesive, you know, connected thread of the Motown sound between, you know, I put like 15, 16 songs on here, something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, and kind of like Chris said in the precast, um, you know, these are all, I recognized every song on the list, you know, because I've just been alive for 33 years and I've heard them all. So, I mean... That I think was another good testament too. Is these are all songs that you know. I mean, you don't. I'm not one that particularly listens to oldies or Motown. Or I, I pretty much stop. The only time I really delve into the '60s is for like the Beatles and the Stones and Hendrix and stuff. You know, I don't. I don't go into that that whole side of things. Um, but just from absorbing music through everyday life for the last however many years. So many of these songs have just stood the test of time. So, pretty cool. Yeah. From, and, you know, for as much as Robert pointed out that it was this kind of factory formula, you know, with the same studio backing band um, for every song, you know, regardless of the artist, the artists themselves have, have, gone down as legends you know on their own with the four tops and the supremes and the temptations marvin gay stevie wonder i mean these are all diana robinson i never heard of them um they're on their own you know what like i said they're they're legendary on their own even though they came out of this sort of um mass production system which is even if you you drill down even further because you you listed all the obviously all the artists that the hits are attributed to, and then going even further into the Funk Brothers, mm-hmm. the Funk Brothers themselves are you know inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and most of these people you know went on to have very successful careers doing studio musician work and playing music with other people. <laughs> the one thing I did want to point out here, I, I I was going through the list of all the. The, the the funk brothers and you know attributed artists and stuff like that two names stood out most to me first and foremost marvin gay started as a funk brother he started playing drums as a studio musician and kind of transferred from there in into making hits for you know motown records um the other one i wanted to point out was ray parker jr 
Do any mm-hmm. of you know why Ray Parker Jr. is important? Famous Ray's. Famous no. Ray's barbecue. Okay. That's famous <laughs> Dave's, by the way. That's sweet baby Ray. <laughs> How can we trust you with a podcast when you can't even get barbecue sauce right? I don't really like barbecue sauce. <laughs> You don't like wait, you don't like barbecue or you don't like barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce. I'm okay with barbecue. So what do you put on your barbecue? I don't know. I mean like mayonnaise and stuff. Normal <laughs> stuff. Normal stuff. <laughs> mayonnaise, candy corn. It's mostly tears. Mostly just crying. <laughs> Fluoride toothpaste. <laughs> Orange juice. <laughs> the tears of my enemy. Checks. Like rice checks. checks. (laughs) I thought you meant like checks mix. And you're like, no, I write a check to to the rib for you know dollar forty nine. I estimate estimate cost of this rib, and then I wrap the rib in the check so I make sure it's paid, and then Mm -hmm. I eat it all together. The whole thing. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) Ray Parker Jr. did the theme song for Ghostbusters. Oh. That's that's it. That's what I was thinking, but I couldn't yeah. remember. So, I really don't like Cool Jerk. Really? Yeah. The song gets under my skin. That that's the, the the funny thing about Cool Jerk being on there. Um it is a Motown record single, but it's actually from one of the subsidiary record labels. It's not directly from Motown. So that's that's the only one on the list too. So I guess maybe Barry Gordy was like, "We have an experimental record label that we're going to release this on." Maybe <laughs> it's going to suck hard. Sorry, uh, man. And yeah, I don't. I, I I'll figure it out. There's probably an easy way to do this, but we'll post um, this this uh, playlist into. Yeah, we have um, fucking whatever our podcast is. Static and Distortion, um, we have our own Spotify, so we can post our playlist to that and share them. Yeah. Yep. So, um, did you want me to play a song off of here? I mean, it's nothing but it's f- fucking 15 hits, or 14 no, hits in Cool Jerk. Play, let's do Cool Jerk. <laughs> really? You want to do Cool Jerk? It's not even, it's like two and a half minutes. Out of it's all like the songs in there, you want to do Cool Jerk. Long. I want to override you and do Bernadette by the Four Tops. That's a good one. I like that. That's a good one. Do that one. We'll do uh, Bernadette here by the Four Tops here. Na, 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 na. Hey. started making the playlist i had forgotten about the song bernadette and i was going through and i was like bernadette why is that really familiar and then i listened to it and i was like oh shit i remember this song this thing kills it's a great song <laughs> that's why it sounds familiar because i like it <laughs> because i, I like this song <laughs> so um i do like their um detroit ear ears stuff more they oh yeah that. before they moved to la well it's weird too because the sound i mean it doesn't really change that much but i think when i think of like the hollywood sound of music in the early you know the early to mid 70s like that's what i think of and i think mm. of that big brass and strings the prelude to disco bill Spector. the bill yeah. Spector, exactly <clears throat> the, the super orchestral kind of fleshed out stuff instead of this more soulful yeah um, yeah, yeah. Um, at this time, when they were still in the in, in Hitsville, I think right before they moved out to L.A. is when they discovered the Jackson Five, if I remember correctly. I right. want to say it was right. like either right before they moved to L.A. or right after, around the early seventies. Uh, Diana Ross and actually it wasn't Diana Ross and the Supremes. I can't remember what the gentleman's name was, but he was. Um, 
uh, a producer for Hitsville, for Motown Records, that discovered the Jackson 5. Uh, it was him and Gladys Knight. Uh, I think they were at the same performance together, and they saw the 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 Jackson 5 perform together. And Gladys Knight wasn't as big as a name as Diana Ross, and so they attributed the finding of the Jackson 5 to Diana Ross in order to give them like, a cosign and push them further into fame. So. Wow. And then they did that, um, I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. <laughs> Which you can go back to the worst <laughs> Christmas music <laughs> Christmas. podcast and listen to. Which is on uh, iTunes for all of our listeners. Just go to iTunes free, and store free podcasts. ITunes. Free download. Free download to search free Static Just and Distortion. Static and Distortion 1. <laughs> Long distance charges may apply. If you're voting for Chris to be voted off the island, <laughs> text Static and Distortion 1. For John, Static and Distortion 2. For Robert, no. To hear an entire episode of Cool Jerk. <laughs> 60 minutes of the song Cool Jerk on, re- on repeat. Um, um, I also much... like that. Go ahead. Um, yeah. And it's funny because I, I think on the entire list... I really have always loved uh, "Heard It Through the Grapevine." Yeah, you know, and but I forgot like Marvin Gaye also did "Let's Get It On," and I really don't like that song. That Why don't much. you like that? That's a good I, song, man. I disagree. Do you just think it's overplayed? No, it's too campy. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's it's like you have um, you have that, and then you go to the '80s Marvin Gaye, and you have sexual healing. Yeah, yeah. so it's like it's a slippery slope, you know. What yeah. happened to just hearing about stuff through the grapevine, man? <laughs> what, what happened to that? <laughs> no. On the other side of that grapevine. Um, it was sex. <laughs> it, it leads to sex. And yeah. healing. <laughs> um, and murder. And we could we could talk about the list more, but I also kind of wanted to jump ahead a little bit because you mentioned the move to, to Hollywood and the the somewhat you know style of musical change and everything like that, but this formula that they had set up, you know, you know, this is going to be the beat. We're going to have you know, and this is the other thing that they were known for. They were known for layering the crap out of their instruments. They would have like sometimes two, three drummers play on the same track. They would have a couple bass lines going at the same time, guitarists or everything like that. They would just layer it and layer it and layer it and create these like really really heavy dense harmonies um just playing the same licks over and over and over so um which is also something that became very pop it's still very popular today i think even freaking what is it diddy puff daddy whatever the fuck he calls himself that's what he does um he when he recorded the song or whenever he records for his artist, he'll get them in there and he'll get them to, to double up or triple up on their vocals in order to create the impact of it sounds larger than what it actually is. So um, I just wanted to ask you guys more so um, after you had this period of a formulaic pop hit single come out. You, it takes you from 59 to 72, right when we're getting into disco. Uh, do you think a lot of these record companies saw what Barry Gordon, uh, Barry Gordy and Motown were doing and were trying to replicate it with a new sound, which still carries to this today? And if so, what do you think that formula was? Um, well, I mean, I, I don't know how to answer that. Actually, because uh, just I mean, I blow raspberry, just go. Hey, everybody, let's talk about something else. Oh, shit, I don't have my ukulele. There, <laughs> I, I put it down. Whenever I, whenever I go, hey, everybody, just grab the ukulele. Yeah, but it was on the floor. I had to reach for it. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll fix it. We'll, we'll, we'll do this. We'll figure it out later. Okay. Anyways, to answer your question, um, I mean, I don't know how it would I don't know that necessarily well I mean how much did it really influence disco disco was a little bit later than that 72 it was more late 70s mid to late 70s but I mean that, I don't know when not I, when so I, much the music influenced disco but I guess 
the, the formula. procedure the procedure of you know the record studio or the recording studio would stay open like 20 hours a day and just have studio musicians rotating in throughout the day and then have artists come in and just sing their parts over these studio musicians and they would just pump them out if you think about it it's easier to relate till now because now you have electronic artists that just sit in a studio all day and just fiddle on their computer and just pump out song after song after song you could like rap artists too they just you know collect beats from everywhere and they just pump out mixtape after mixtape so on and so forth kind of got to start exactly you would just you know what is it sit in a studio for five doing five dates five beats a day for three summers that's another yeah yeah um but do you think that formula or that drive or you know any was there any holdover um after motown moved out to la into future generations or are we just now kind of seeing a duplicate here with pop music well yeah i mean you can see uh, i'd say a good example of that atmosphere and i don't know that i would call it a formula but i think it just kind of happened organically is um in the late 90s with the neo soul um, movement and I mean there's I remember reading in Spin a while back um, about when D'Angelo was recording Voodoo at the same time Common was recording Like Water for Chocolate and um, you know, I'm trying to think of some of the other albums uh, Erica Badu um, I think Baduism was, was in that same time they were all recording at Electric Ladyland Studios in New York and Questlove and the Roots were doing um, Things Fall Apart at the same time. And so Questlove's telling the story of, well, yeah, I just, you know, I'd play in this one studio on a Roots track and then I just go upstairs into this other studio and, and lay down a, 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 a drum beat for a com, you know, one of Commons tracks. And everybody was on everybody's record because there was like that communal thing. And it just so happened all those you have a hip hop artist in there with Neo Soul with, you know, um, a, a hip hop band like it and and it's almost like i mean the roots have kind of we've talked about the roots at length too in some of our old episodes but you know they play on everybody's albums too at this point <laughs> and on television yeah so i mean there's there is some some semblance of that i don't think it's this quite the same because uh, you know my understanding like the funk brothers this was their job like they went to work you know <laughs> they, they were in the studio all the time with these these songs um and you know i'd say yeah it was a formula yeah these guys were going to work they were they were putting out this great music but at the same time none of it all not, i mean it had a general sound but every song was still individual too it wasn't like it wasn't like how every Nickelback song you can just re you know change the lyrics from one song to another and and their structures are so formulaic that you can just you know sing one song's lyrics over another song's music and and it works it's not like that they were all um, individual they all had their own personality but you know those guys were they'd go to work and their job was making music and and they just pushed out this this huge amount of stuff within that genre that it became a genre and all of its own two things you actually reminded me of something that kind of fits perfectly into this um have you seen that youtube video uh where some audio engineer took something like six or seven country songs released from different years from different artists and cut them together and it makes the same song mm-hmm yeah, that's that's the formula that that's exactly what Hitsville was doing in now it's just being replicated in like modern country. <laughs> and that's something we could definitely I, I got to find that and I want to post it uh, to the website if you haven't. It's just really crazy to see that, you know, the lyrics men like meld perfectly together. The guitar solos from seven different or six or seven different guitarists. The beat is all the same the hits are all the same it that it, that immediately harkens back to what the motown sound would be where it's just boom 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 cookie cutter let's just get this out and get number one hits kind of thing right right kind of like sam smith and tom petty oh you're yeah dick bring that up 
<laughs> the other thing I wanted to bring up is uh, I can't remember the name, the guy's name. Was it Ron? Um, something per something Pearl. Uh, is it Perlman? Ron Perlman? No, it wasn't Ron Perlman. It was the guy who founded both Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Ron Perlman. I keep thinking that of the actor. No, I think that's what his name was. Yeah, but he, he Lou had Perlman. a... Was it? Lou Perlman. Lou Perlman, that's what it was. He had the the production company and the studio and the producers and everybody lined up. That would be another example of that's definitely pop formula because not only did so many people try to copy NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, that started its own boy band pop genre as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I, I just thought it was a whole interesting thing. And there's there's documentaries and books on it. Um, let me find there's one on it. Uh, one specifically about the Funk Brothers. Uh it's a documentary film called Standing in the Shadows of Motown, um, and it's also based off of a book of the same name. So um, if you're interested in, you know, reading or finding out more of uh, about Motown sound and that whole thing, Standing in the Shadows of Motown by Alan Slutsky. Slutsky. Um, <laughs> I felt like I mispronounced it when I called him Slutsky. 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 So, also, did you know the the guy? One of the guys from LMFAO is Barry Gordy's son. Yeah, uh, Red Foo. Yeah, that's sad. I, I didn't know that. Now, I don't know if I could name a LMFAO song. Oh, the yeah. other one's a Party grandson Rock, of one? Barry Gordy. Right. Yeah. That. They're, yeah. They're like the 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 awful end result of all those years of Motown. <laughs> Motown led to LMFAO. It did. Completely. And getting jiggy with it. Do you know what the last... Okay, before Motown was was sold into oblivion through the Universal Music, the last album that was released as a Motown record... Uh, I read it earlier when I was <clears throat> doing all my hours and hours of research. Um, yeah, bullcrap. I cannot remember what it was, though. It was, was it a... Q-Tips, The Renaissance. Yes, that's right. That's right. I remember being albums. Like, surprised and impressed. And then yeah. sad that they're, that they're gone. Well, they're coming back. Yeah. But then it was, um, what was it? Is it Universal Music Motown, group? they called it? Or, yeah, they, they were calling it something else for a while. But I would the other thing that was kind of interesting. If, I mean, if we want to talk about Motown records that I had no clue about, um, was the list of sub um, yeah. labels that they had. What is it like, like five or six different sub labels? Oh no, no. So the major divisions were Motown Records, Tamala Records, Gordy Records, and Tamala Motown Records. Um, there's secondary R and B labels. Checkmate Records, Miracle Records, Mo West Records, Motown Yesteryear, Soul Records, VIP and Weed Records. Um, and then they had all these alternative genre labels too. So they had country labels, they had a rap and hip hop, they had jazz, they had rock, um, they had some gospel, um, and then a bunch of independent labels that they that they distributed. So it's like, you know, it started as this kind of um, Detroit sound, Motown, R and B pop kind of thing but they had lots of different um you know irons in the fire as as most labels tend to do they just like hey you, rather than just have a bunch of different types of artists under our label let's just create all these sub labels that we can just put everybody into the the jazz label or the gospel label always happens and then they all get you know all the subsidiaries always get either they either fold or they get bought up by somebody else or labels these days man i tell you <clears throat> That's why ours is going to be so important. Mm-hmm. There will only be one. <laughs> Cock Talk Records. <laughs> We're going to need to talk about that name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, think we're going to attract very many like gospel artists. No. We, uh, we could still do Smokey Robinson label. 
Smoking Robinson record label. Smoking Robinsons? The Smoking Robinsons. (laughs) That's the name of a pretty good punk band. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) I'm not saying it is the name of a punk band, but if you ever wanted to start a punk band. Oh, good. Now you crushed all my dreams for a split second there. No, I don't know if that is the name of a punk band, but if you did want to start one. That hardcore band. Call it the Smoking Robinsons. I think it's pretty good. Pretty good. Better than my my alt my um, writerless side project band, which is Oats is Mad. Yeah, that one's not as successful for no, a lot of reasons. Not as successful as writerless. <laughs> hey, maybe you didn't see, but John typed up a pretty official looking list on <laughs> my typewriter. Oh, like it's hard. I think it's hard for all of us to embarrass each other at this point in the game. <laughs> but that uh, I was like, ah, oh, John, you, you dork. <laughs> uh, I didn't. Did I ever tell you guys about my other my side band project? That wait, I had? real quick, I think, we oh. can we can knock this out in like fifteen seconds. Uh, I guess rate Motown Records. Ooh, Motown Records or the Motown Sound? Rate the Motown Sound. Okay. I okay. I guess I'll go first. Since you guys are silent. Um, I, I'm, I would give it um, eight dinosaur juniors. Okay. And I think that's it. Okay. You know what's funny is I was going to say the exact same thing. Um, and it's it's one of those. Well, I usually go first. <laughs> um, I was going to say, um, I think it's one of those sounds that if, if I'm in a certain mood, and I put on some Motown, it just so amplifies that mood and is mm-hmm. and is perfect. But if I'm if I'm not, then you know that sliding scale goes down. You know, so I think it averages out at about eight Dinosaur Juniors. Uh, I'm actually going to give it nine. Um, I really dig that uh, that era of music and all the singles and artists that came out of there. Um, the reason I didn't give it a full 10 um, is cool jerk. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, uh, I just, I, I really love the, what, what, you know, Motown Records and Barry Gordy accomplished during that period. And um, I, this is only going to be the beginning of my uh, research on this. I'm definitely going to try to dive in and find more out. So nine dinosaur juniors and a Ray Parker junior. And a smoking Robinson. And a smoking Robinson. So, um, <laughs> wrap it up here. What was the name of your other side project? My other um, indie band that I'm in. Straight up indie, you know, self-proclaimed, not ashamed band. Um, the Starfish, the Starfish Controversy. <laughs> Those guys are good. A lot of people don't like us, <laughs> but you know, John, you you could say that you liked us before we were really cool. So. That is accurate. Where's your eyes? My eyes just hurt. I was going to say, I, where's your bourbon glass with the special cube? No, here. I feel like I got too drunk last uh, last time, and we did I just went off the rails. Was that too drunk and combative? Yeah, you were. You wouldn't stop talking about Wilco. <laughs> I remember. Here's getting, what I have to say about two disc albums. <laughs> I just remember getting really defensive over Napalm Death. Um, that was the best thing ever. <laughs> and I maintain that stance. Um, I just didn't think we needed Slightly two weeks in a row weight. of that. So, I had a beer, and that was it. Oh, that's, <laughs> and I'm that's the one drinking bourbon so tonight. Yeah. So, I'm having the bourbon for you. I'm having a beer as well. I bought a bunch of beer yesterday. It was like, oh, I'm gonna have people over. We're all gonna drink beer, and then like all people come over, and then they're like, oh, I'll have water, and then I just drink all the beer. So, <laughs> is it just is you talking to Juliet? Juliet, you want a beer? <laughs> I'll have a water. <laughs> I'll have a water. No, you, you don't even like water, beer. you bitch. 
Don't you talk to me about milk. <laughs> <laughs> like three episodes from now, you'll find out that like I've been living alone for like the past six years. And like the whole thing has just been this <laughs> awesome lie. The best one man play ever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our uh, podcast, our podcast will get so popular <laughs> <laughs> when I'm all over the news and shit. <laughs> Man oh. has fake family in his own head and has been living alone for the last six years. <laughs> Listen to his podcast on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> Not for the kids. Rated explicit. Uh, that's right. But then, see, then he'll be so famous because of that stupid news story about his fake existence that it'll it'll just become chris and the static podcast yeah okay with all of i think i'm fine with that like i'm willing to coast on someone else's coattails if it gets it's me somewhere two out of three. it's two out of three john you're out hmm. you owe us a coke no that will not happen i will take that tomorrow <laughs> you will you'll be disappointed i usually am when we hang out yeah well yeah because it's gonna be for like half an hour Oh, tragic. I know. All right, where are we at? Do we need to talk about music we've been listening to? Yeah, we have about ten minutes to kill. Right on. So, uh, maybe I'll a little start, bit longer, actually. I will start. Well, you do that. I fucking will. Fuck yeah. Um, I got to make a mixtape for something <laughs> recently. <laughs> So I was like, this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity. What what do I put on? Because it has to be like CD length, right? So it's really tricky, I found. Like I used to do this all the time, like all the fucking time. Like here's whatever, 17, 18, 19 songs. And then since I, you know, I started making playlists on like Google Music and, and Spotify, like, you know, you don't have to worry about that shit. All the songs. All the songs ever, you know. Um, so this was actually kind of a challenge for me, and it was a lot of fun. And um, I ended up, I think, with um, 18 tracks and, and 16 different artists across those tracks that were really good. So I've been listening to a lot of that. I've go- been going back and listening to a lot of my favorites, I guess I should say, that I haven't listened to in a while, like Milk Carton Kids and Gillian Welch and Caitlin Carey. Uh, Dawes, I-, I listened to their most recent album again and liked it a little more. Uh, the second time around. Josh Ritter, I haven't listened to in forever. Most of the time a bit. The National. Um, I listened, there was like a time the other day in which I listened to Pink Rabbits like six times in a row. Uh, yeah, that that happens sometimes. <laughs> but I also didn't realize, and this is so like I've started doing this too, because there's like artists that I like that have put out albums that I did not know happened. Black Prairie, which um, I dug their second album more than their first has since released two albums that I did not know about um, that I need to go listen to um, because they're the the second album gear like they started as kind of this concept sound band um, that was kind of like folk rock mixed with like Italian cinema <laughs> and so you have like this very weird blend and it sounded cool and the second album geared more towards the you know the all country folk folk rock side of things as it's going to as their sound evolves so they have two albums out that came out in back-to-back years that i need to listen to but in general um i think i've just been going back and listening to some of some of my favorites i don't think i've checked out anything new in the past week um I've been listening to Gabby Moreno off of uh, ah. Chris's recommendation. I love her. It is, um, it's impossible. It's really, her. really good. She, like that whole album, is just really great from start to finish. So, um, I'll have to check it I out. I was really um, not expecting a Spanish singer when I first listened, even though the name is, you know, Moreno, I was just like, oh, it's just going to be a singer. And then the moment <laughs> I heard the lyrics come through in Spanish, I was, like, instantly fell in love. Um, and, absolutely and, and her it. English songs, too, are also just fucking beautiful. She has the last just, album she put out was a Christmas album. So that's how come I knew about her. But oh. um, it's, it was just like a funny coincidence because, uh, yeah, she did a, a, a version of uh, Los Pesos en el Rio that I put on the Christmas album. I was like, oh, this is really good. And then I was looking <laughs> up um, 
Daydream Believer on Spotify and in the rec- you know in the autofill whatever um came up um what is it Daydream by Design by Gabby Moreno and I was mm. like oh Gabby Moreno I know you from the Christmas and I and I clicked on it and I listened to the album I was like holy fuck she 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 is good yeah <laughs> So, yeah, everybody, two weeks in a row, my recommendation, go listen to Gabby Moreno, because she is great. Cool. Uh, outside of that, I uh, recently managed to procure a ticket to Pitchfork Music Festival, so I've been going through that lineup and checking out new bands um, that I have not been familiar with. Any, and that note, any standouts there? Uh, yeah, um, a band by the name of Single Mothers. Um, really, really good. Uh, Bully, also very good. Um, I'm trying to think of other... I haven't got, I had a chance to go through everyone yet. Um, and then there's some bands on here that I'm very I'm familiar of. I just haven't listened to them. Uh, there's one I think that you may have mentioned at one point, Chris, and I think I'm going to mispronounce them. Wakahachi? Is that something that you recommended to me at one point? No, sir. Uh, someone sounds like something me. Hutch would recommend. To you. <laughs> it actually does. Are you sure you're not thinking of Waka Flocka Flame? <laughs> no, I am not thinking <laughs> of Waka Flame. No, it's like Waxahachi. No. It, um, I think it, I thought it was you. It may have been uh, TJ, my friend TJ, that recommended. Ah, uh, um, old TJ. Uh, but yeah, I've been going through that, and I mean, Wilco is going to be there, so I'm going to finally get a chance to see Wilco. Yeah, um, and Slater Kenny's going to be there, so I'm going to get to see Slater Kenny and Kurt Vile and all sorts of good stuff. So, Kurt Vile was a good show. I remember you and um, Brian went to that, right, John and Trent? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys. And then we went to Arcade Fire the next year. We are. I'm already plotting with Brian. What, what's our summer concert going to be this year? So. Bypasses and come to Pitchfork with me. I doubt that's going to happen. Yeah. They're both super lame in case you forgot. Robert. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll He's like, that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> I drive a minivan. So do I. Yeah, but I've got two minivans. Yeah, I do. My only, my only choice is a minivan. At least you have a car. You guys yeah. ever get just like rashes and stuff? What? What? I never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you can use that as the quote for our thing this time, by the you way. You guys ever just get <laughs> rashes? <laughs> what? I thought the quote what? would be <laughs> How can we trust you with this podcast if we can't trust you with barbecue sauce? Oh, uh, that's a good one too. That's a good one too. We shouldn't uh, be talking about post production stuff on the podcast. <laughs> We're still alive. <laughs> well now it's gonna be like it's gonna be great for um the listener because they'll already know which one we ended up choosing. And we don't know. I yeah. just I, I it's like thought we had two like choices. Back right to there. the future two before watching Back to the Future. Don't get me started on the Back to the Future franchise because I will make a, a case, an argument for Back to the Future 3 that people don't want to hear. Nobody wants to hear you talk about anything, Robert. I, I think know. we have a movie podcast, don't we? Yep. No, barely. Excuse <laughs> me. I actually just had a meeting about it with my co-host. What? So You could fuck right off. I have an Outlook invite. Do you? Yeah, that's what I thought. Who uses Outlook? God. Everybody who has a job. <laughs> I don't. Robert's in sales. He goes door to door to sell bills. I sell knife Dude. sets. <laughs> yeah. Do you hear that Ginsu knife? It's like that. It's not as sharp. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I've been listening to. No one cares. <laughs> I know. Um, JD McPherson's got some new stuff out. I tend to like him. You guys familiar with JD McPherson? I've heard he, of, but that's he does it. that kind of um, old school Elvis, Jerry Lee Lewis kind of inspired rock. That that whole could be Waylon Jennings inspired. Could be you know whoever whoever was in that gang of of dudes. Million um, dollar million dollar quartet. 
but yeah, but he he's he's very, he's way um, puts his own spin on it and, and does it in a real authentic way, not just a like a you know, like campy throwback type of thing. Okay. It's 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 that's a, that's a fine music. line to walk, you know. It's hard, incredibly to fine line. Yeah, no, he's legit. He's good. I heard him a couple years ago on XRT. They were doing that um, like um, uh, what do they want? What do they call it? Um, they're like when they do their new music, a new artist or whatever, and they're, they're trying to you know spotlight people. And I oh yeah, it's out. like on a certain day, Sunday night or something. Yeah, yeah, it's like um, Thursday. <laughs> and I've been listening to the new Sufjan Stevens track. I think it's Sufjan Stevens. I think you pronounce it. I think you pronounce it wrong. Like Ed Sheeran. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> Ed Sheeran. Sheeran. Ed Steve. We just we'll just say you were drunk. Yeah. When you were you were were drunk when you were talking about Ed Sheeran. And beating your wife because you're such a fan of spousal abuse. And Matt and Kim have a new song out I've been checking out too. Um Matt and Kim's new single is really good, and they are coming to town. If you want to go see them, I need someone to go with me. Possibly, Not me. I would. I would love to go see Not them. Me. They're they're good. Um, the only thing I, the only criticism I have, I love their, I love the song, but it could be on any of their albums. Oh yeah, like I don't. Um, there's no progression whatsoever. No, <laughs> uh, this is gonna be a horrible thing to say. I I enjoy Matt and Kim, um, but their songs all really do sound the same. There's no real growth as an artist there. Um, but you really don't mind. It's the weirdest that's thing. The thing. <laughs> they know what they do and they do it very well and uh you have fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard that they put on one of the best shows you've ever been to. I've seen them live and I it's it's freaking insane. It is I've ridiculous. You and I've heard it from other people too that their their shows are just the most enjoyable shows you could go to. Yeah, so that's why I really want to go see them live. I just I just don't have anybody to go with. Um, so if you're willing to go, I'm totally down. That would be fantastic. What, when are they playing? Uh, May 20, May 21st or May 27th. Mm, I might be out of town. I'll check. Yeah. We can do that totally. Not when we're podcasting, we can figure that out. So, but yeah. That's that's all I got. I think we're at an hour, if maybe a little bit under. I'm not sure uh, with the intro and everything. So, yeah. Uh-huh. It's awesome well, just to have silence. Yeah, let's do that for a bit. Let's just <clears throat> sit Do you just want me to put on silence. another song? Yeah, only if I get to pick it. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. All right. I choose Cool Jerk. Okay. Oh, I have to actually go back to that. Alright. Are we gonna say goodbye after Cool Jerk? Yeah. Okay. I was gonna play a little bit of Cool Jerk and then <laughs> we're gonna kinda close it out here. So alright. Here we go. Cause we have nothing else really to do. So how would you work Spotify? You suck. You shut your face. Play the cool jerk. All right, here it is. Like 30 seconds of the cool jerk. Doesn't go. seem long enough. <laughs> I was thinking it was about right. <laughs> uh, now play the version by the Go-Go's. No. no. <laughs> Do you really want me to? I will. No, no. Oh, not at all. That was completely a joke. Um, who are we doing next week? Uh, John's pick, right? Yeah, I have it here. Hold on. Ready? It's Ready, on Chris? the list. I don't even remember. Hey everybody, it's next week's picks time. <laughs> there. 
Um, Slater Kinney, actually. Oh. Yeah, I mentioned them a couple minutes ago. We're going to talk about Slater Kinney. I will formulate a playlist and get it to you guys. Whatever. Yeah. Should I just go over the next uh, couple picks here? No, 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 no. Maybe yes. yes. Maybe yes. Indeed. <laughs> Proceed. Well, we have Slater Kinney, and then at some point in this season, we're going to do another King of episode. Uh, we have continuation of last season's King of. Where... It was our highest rated episode. Yeah, was it? According to your ratings? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, we have a Dave, Gr- Dave Grohl Megamix episode. Uh, we will be talking about sleeping at last at one point. What and, I plan to do after this episode. And we have a Zappa episode in the future. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the Zappa episode. So, <clears throat> And, of course, by fan demand, we will have a Cool Jerk episode. Just 60 minutes of the 60 Cool Jerk. Jerk, yeah. All of the versions. <laughs> That's my five for Friday. I'm going to find five oh, different no. versions of the cool jerk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that is I think great. you deserve a promotion. <laughs> oh. Okay. Uh, for the Static and Distortion podcast, I'm Robert. I'm John. And I'm Chris Smokey Robinson, Smoking Robinsons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Be a couple of cool jerks. Later. Bye. Bye. You can find the Static Podcast on the iTunes Music Store or at staticanddistortion.wordpress.com. Like us on Facebook at Static and Distortion and follow us on Twitter at Static Distort. Distort.